specialised responses and experiences where perceptions of economic security amongst ordinary citizens are concerned and that social relations have been placed under further strain against the backdrop of a tough political and economic environment. The report also states the glaring examples of the socio-economic inequalities were seen during the hashtag Feesmas4 campaign. Those, of course, continue. For more on this, uh, we're joined on the line by Anne-Marie Potrita, co-author of the report and also project leader for the South African Reconciliation Barometer. Thank you for your time, Anne-Marie. Just first of all, in terms of nuts and bolts, you've kind of released this uh, research uh, into... F- in four different parts. So we're talking to you uh, historically about the whole thing, but particularly about uh, the latest uh, group of of information that you found, which specifically focuses on perceptions. Tell us what you found. Okay. So, um, yes, you're correct in saying that this is the fourth paper in in our series. Um, And this one specifically focuses on perceptions of access and advantage um, in terms of resources people need in uh, achieving their own goals. So the reason why this is important is uh, that individuals or respondents identified their own goals based on their own sort of value systems and their own um, their own wants for their own lives. Um, and within that, the assessments in terms of the resources, what they need would relate to their own identified goals, um, which, which adds value in, in that in terms of being socially mobile or, um, or where you want to go is something that these respondents identified for themselves. Um, what we have found in previous uh, briefing papers is that um, socioeconomic inequalities is, is the dividing fa- social dividing factor that still separates South Africans. Um, and um, understanding more about this inequality and the, and the lived experiences of people uh, is very important. And this is why we've asked uh, four questions um, relating to people's uh, own goals that they have for themselves. And the one is whether people feel they have access to the financial resources they need for their own goals, access to groups of people that will help them achieve those goals, whether people feel they have education, the education they need to fulfill their goals, and whether they can easily get to or travel to where they need to go in order to fulfill those goals. Now, um, if we look at... Um, the, um, the our findings in, in an overview, you find that um, just just over forty percent of respondents agreed to having access to these various resources. Mm. Um, but the question then is, who are the people that um, responded that they agree, and who are the ones that um, feel that they do not have access to these resources? So we delved in a little bit more, and we looked at three different ways of looking at it. The one is by Alice M. Moore, Living Standard Measure. The second was by Race Group, and the third was Employment uh, Status. Sure. Um, in terms of, of Alice M. Moore, Living Standard Measure, I don't think it was surprising that... Um, that the higher living standard measure groups uh, would would experience having more access to the to the resources they need, um, and in terms of race groups, we found um, interesting as something that I think I can highlight is um, that amongst all of the race groups, the 
coloured respondents were the least uh, likely to agree I, that they I had access to the resources. Saw how, I saw particularly how frightening uh, their statistics were because, I mean, in a way, yes. that there seemed to me a, a kind of logical sort of uh, move from socioeconomic strength and uh, white race, essentially, because th- th- we still do have that, uh, and uh, through to blacks. But particularly, uh, it would tend to suggest that uh, that group of people feels particularly marginalized. Um, yes, we had um, uh, we had a, a conversation last week at IJR about this experience of being coloured in uh, a black and white South Africa, and then it's often a very binary conversation, um, and it's not looking at the full picture of what people are experiencing in South Africa. And I think, in terms of identity, but also in terms of the experience of having access to, to resources, this is a very important finding um, in understanding people's frustrations in in their everyday lives in trying to fulfill their goals. Um, it can, there's, there, there can be many reasons why, um, and, and we obviously don't have that data, but um, it might be geographical, it might be um, the, the type of education that people feel they have access to, it might be in terms of public transport, having access to public transport if you look at getting easily to places. So there might be a variety of reasons for this, um, but I, I, I think this is... Um, this is a call for a much deeper conversation about experience sure. of this group in South Africa. I was very interested also... Um, and then finally, I... Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you because this, uh, this set of data that for 2015 is actually uh, the first set of data you've produced uh, using your new methodology. methodology. I mean, how different uh, was that in terms of uh, getting accurate data? Mm-hmm. Um, no, so... Um, so the in terms of accuracy, so basically what what this um, survey employed a multi-stage cluster design whereby enumerated areas randomly selected, and within each of these households were randomly selected with a view to visiting uh, such households. At each household, a systematic grid system was employed in order to select a specific respondent for that interview. And then the final sample of respondents was then watered so as to adequately represent the adult population of South Africa in terms of race, popula- um, for a province, in terms of metro, non-metro, um, um, and in terms of, um, it was like a gender. Um, so um, it's representative, or it's a nationally representative um, um, of the adult population of South Africa. Um, I think I can also mention that the questionnaires were conducted in uh, the respondent's language of choice, and it was a face-to-face interview.